Thank you for tuning in to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. You're about to hear a live sermon, which was recorded at our 11 a.m. contemporary service. We are thrilled to share it with you. Thank you for listening. Well, if you've been traveling the past uh, few weeks, I want you to know that we are still um, accepting uh, pledges and financial commitments to our Flourish 2020 campaign that allows the leadership at Roswell Press to discern how God is calling us to serve next year. What ministries can we do? And so you can make two pledges. The first is to the general ministry budget, which turns on the lights, the air conditioning, pays the salaries. And then the second budget is uh, for the mission outreach. All those dollars, those funds go out to our mission partners to enable them to do the work that God has called them to do in Roswell and really around the world. Well, this month, it's no longer November it's yes Vember. yes Vember. And we're looking at these great affirmations that God has for us. Last Sunday we looked at 2 Corinthians, this great letter that the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Corinth. And we see, and we saw last week, that he had some challenging, tough words for them. But he said, you can, you can listen to them. You can respond because you know that I am for you. And he says, why can they know that he is for them? Because God is for us in Jesus Christ. Paul sees his life lived against the great backdrop of God's story that God is for us. In fact, he says at one point, all of God's promises are yes in Jesus. And that's just as true for us as it was for Paul. Well, today we're going to look at the risk of yes. We're going to look at a story from Matthew 9, chapter Uh, Chapter 9, verses 27 through 31. So let us listen for the word of the Lord. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, crying loudly, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their eyes were opened. Then Jesus sternly ordered them, see that no one knows of this. But they went away and spread the news about him throughout the district. (laughs) This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this great passage from Holy Scripture, this great story, this great yes Pray that in the next few moments you might be our teacher, that you by your spirit might speak a word to our hearts that only you can speak. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Whether we like it or not, life is full of risks. There's a Chinese proverb that goes like this. One cannot refuse to eat just because there is a chance of being choked. Life is full of risk. My father-in-law tells the story of getting married to Courtney's mom. Their wedding was in Charleston at night. It was a night wedding. It was in the summer. It was hot and humid. As they were preparing, people were sweating. You know, the groomsmen had sweat rolling onto their tuxedos. The bridesmaids were, were spraying all this hairspray on their hair to keep every last hair in place. It was hot. It was humid. There were arguments before the wedding about what hymns could be sung, 
What words could be said? My, fa- my father-in-law was worried that his father-in-law, or future-to-be father-in-law, didn't like him. Everybody was anxious. And so the time for the wedding came. Everybody was in the back getting ready. And my father-in-law, his best man was his brother, really his only living relative. And his, his best man, his brother, you know, was kind of a wild guy. He'd been a roadie for several rock and roll bands during the 1970s. He had like a girlfriend in every town. I mean, that kind of guy. And so he's there, and they're about ready to walk in. And so my father-in-law, his brother, his best man, comes over and puts his arm around him. He says, Paul, it's not too late. The keys are in the car. There's a case of beer in the back seat. We can be in Florida by midnight. You don't have to do this. Luckily, my father-in-law went through with it. He said yes. When confronted with the risk of marrying his wife, he said yes. Life is full of risk. We will all encounter risk in our lives, whether it's at a wedding, a job interview, starting at a new school, asking someone on a date. If Jesus is asking if you really want to be able to see, life is full of risk. These two blind men in the story had probably been blind for years. And then they hear that this great miracle worker and moral teacher named Jesus is coming through town. They'd even heard rumors that he might be the Messiah, the one we've been waiting for. And so they hear he's there. And they start yelling out, Jesus, son of David. Jesus doesn't stop. He keeps walking. And so they run after him. And they follow him all the way into a house. And Jesus turns, looks at them, and asks them a key question. Do you believe I am able to do this? And with this question, they are confronted with the risk of yes. Now before we jump to the miracle, let's consider what these two men have at stake. They'd been blind probably for years. They were known probably as the two blind men. Now if if, if they're able to see That might mean that they can't live off the charity of others. They might have to get work. Their lives will be totally transformed. I've actually heard it said that many people who are often born blind want to stay blind, even if they could be made able to see. They're they're more comfortable like that. It's the great Christian writer C.S. Lewis once said, people often prefer a familiar captivity to an unfamiliar freedom. People often prefer a familiar captivity to an unfamiliar freedom. These two men are facing an unfamiliar freedom. What are they going to say? This is a risky decision for them. This is the risk of saying yes. Their lives will be totally transformed. Nothing will be the same. Now in management theory, risk analysis is really divided up into two groups. First, you have risk assessment. Where is their risk? In other words, who should I marry? And then there's a second kind. It's risk management. What do I do with the risk once I am married? 
We're standing on this great chasm. Am I going to say yes? Oh, the fear, the anxiety that that they must feel. Are they going to say yes? There's a risk in yes. What are one of the the great moments of risk in your life? I was thinking to myself and I thought, one of the riskiest moments of my life was the first day of school. And I'm not talking about like in high school or middle school. I mean the first day of school. You've never been there before. It's all these new people, new building, new teachers. You don't even know what you've gotten yourself into. I don't know if you're like me, but I didn't even have a choice to go. It made me go to school. And I came across this great poem that I think really um, does a great job describing that feeling. It's called First Day of School by British poet Roger McCough. Listen to this. A million billion willion miles from home, waiting for the bell to go. To go where? Why are they all so big, other children? So noisy, so much at, so much at home, they must have been born in uniform, lived all their lives in playgrounds, spent the years inventing games that don't let me in, games that are rough, that swallow you up. And the railings, all around the railings, are they to keep out wolves and monsters, things that carry off and eat children, things you don't take sweets from? Perhaps they're to stop us getting out, running away from the lessons. Lesson. What does a lesson look like? Sounds small and slimy. They keep them in the glass rooms, whole rooms made out of glass. Imagine. I wish I could remember my name. Mommy said it would come in useful, like wellies, when there's puddles, yellow wellies. I wish she were here. I think my name is sewn on somewhere. Perhaps the teacher will read it for me. Teacher, the one who makes the tea. We have all felt that anxiety, that fear when risk faces us, when we feel a million, billion miles away from home. And the men standing in front of Jesus have to come to terms with this risk. There's a lesson in here for all of us. The Christian life is not as comfortable as first reported. I once heard it said that Jesus came to disturb the comfortable and comfort the disturbed. We cannot forget that we are in a relationship with the God of the universe who comes to unsettle and disrupt our assumptions calls us into uncharted waters, comes to disturb our comfortability. This is risky business. And so what do we do? We have to recognize that we only have one life to live, and carpe diem, we have to seize the day. I can imagine these two guys kind of doing a cost-benefit analysis. They're with Jesus. Do Do you want to be able to see? And they're kind of going, well... One of them says, I've I've heard seeing is great. Other one said, nope, heard it's totally overrated. Tell them I'll call them back. I've heard there's there's ugly stuff out there. It would be better not to see. The other one says, well, I heard you haven't lived until you've seen a Jerusalem sunset. Nah, heard it's not that what it's cracked up to be. 
As difficult as it might be, eventually we have to step out and take a risk. We have to take the risk of yes. You will never get on the road to discipleship until you say, yes, Lord, I'm ready to go. Today, now's the moment. Seize the day. Several years ago, I read the autobiography of Keith Richards, the guitarist from the Rolling Stones. And um, now I'm not going to recommend it to you, but it is highly entertaining. And it is everything you would imagine Keith Richards' autobiography to be. (laughs) And eventually at one point, you know, he's wrestling with his drug addiction. He's got this, you know, for years he's been using heroin and he's become addicted and his manager comes to him. He's actually in the hospital because his manager comes to him. says, you know, Keith, you really, you really need to go to rehab. And you need to kick this addiction. Keith says, no, the Stones are going on tour tomorrow. I'll do it after I get back from the tour. She says, no, you really need to go to rehab. He says, well, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll, I'll do it later. And his manager goes, Keith, today is tomorrow. Today is tomorrow. He says with that, he went directly to rehab and got clean and hasn't used since. He said, today is tomorrow. Seize the moment. Take the risk. To see their lives change, they need to step out in faith. That's the risk of yes. I bet this morning, I bet many of you, when you got up, you were like, I I really don't want to go to church today. I'd rather stay in bed. Rather, I'd rather watch the football game. I'd rather catch up on the news. Yet you're here. Sunday worship is in decline across the United States. Yet, since the 1980s, the rate of loneliness has doubled in the United States. 40% of Americans say they are lonely. And you got up out of bed and you came to this place to be with a community. You took the risk of yes to remind others and yourself that we are united in Jesus Christ, that we are not alone. You said yes. Didn't wait for tomorrow. Came today. That's the risk of yes. There's a pastor named Bruce Larson who was doing research for the Lilly Endowment. And he talked with health experts all across America, and he asked them one question. He said, what constitutes a truly healthy person? He said a lot of them gave a lot of feedback that was all over the place, but there was one characteristic that was shared by all of them. It was a healthy person is a risk taker. A healthy person takes risks, says yes. One time I mentioned that I was going to be speaking about risk, and this woman who is an expert in English sent me an email, and she said this, that the old English word troth or troth from which we get the word betrothed, means a commitment to another even in the face of unknowable risk. Commitment to another even in the face of unknowable risk. In the Bible, oftentimes the people of God are described as the bride of Christ. There we are at the front of the church in all our frailty and brokenness, all our blindness, and there we are. And God comes to us and says yes to us, even in the midst of our mess, and takes a risk for yes, and then asks us to respond in kind. 
Do you know how it can feel when someone says yes to you, takes the risk and saying, yes, I'm for you, I'm with you, can transform your life. After we'd been married a few years, Courtney um, made a confession to me about our wedding. See, um, I was waiting at the front. My groomsmen were off to the side. The bridesmaids had all come down the aisle. Everybody was at the front, and they shut the back doors to the sanctuary. And Courtney was in the back with her dad. She slowly puts her arm through his, holds on to him. And he turns to her and says, Courtney, the keys are in the car. There's a case of beer in the back seat. We can be in Florida by midnight. You don't have to do this. I'm sure glad in the face of enormous risk, she said yes. And my life was completely transformed. Friends, that's what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. God says yes to us. The question is, will we have the courage to stand with those two blind men and say, yes, Lord, back? Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you that you have said yes to each one of us and your son, Jesus. We ask that we might have the courage, we might have the faith to respond in kind, that we might say yes back to you, that we might take the, the risk of yes. We thank you for all that you have done for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. If you'd like more info about Roswell Presbyterian Church, check out our website at roswellpres.org.